0: Episode two of the Verdant North podcast. In this episode, we will talk about things like butterflies, how to attract them, best veggies for pots on your patio, and Nikki has a tasty ass drink for us. I want to start by saying hello and welcome to my good friend, Corey Hartung, who does all of my web monkey stuff. Hi, Corey. Hello. Corey, tell us a little bit about you and your work with me and Planty Stuff and what you're bringing to this Verdant North project.
1: I am handling the computer stuff. Uh, that's about it. I, I handle the website. I help bring... The ideas to the world.
0: He programs remote controls. He changes light bulbs.
1: I JavaScript and I CSS. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And... And I thank you very, very much, Corey. I have to say that on air No problem. so that you can't sue me later. Um, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I do. I do really appreciate it. One time, Corey, side note, Corey, let me make him a body double for Santa in a terrible movie when I was like 22.
2: It's still out there, people. Go find it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> I remember this movie a lot.
0: Uh, anyways, Corey, you're the best. You're the best. And Corey was trying to come up with a bunch of plant puns. Uh, and I said uh, well, that we do not like that kind of. I'm
1: pretty green. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We do not appreciate that kind of shenanigans here at Verdant North. We are a straight laced <laughs> by the book on it. No, uh, it would totally be in good company. So, yay, welcome, Corey. Hooray. Thanks, hey, everybody. Uh, this is my friend Corey. Yay. All right, cool. So, uh, I think I'm going to hand it over to Nikki. Nikki, what are we going to drink this week?
3: Alrighty, so this cocktail is still one work in progress, but one I have a very, very Good, good idea of like what I want to do with it, and I think it's going to come out to be some good stuff this summer. So maybe coming back to it. I don't have a name for it yet. It's kind of a fancy vodka lemonade, kind of a kind of a tall gimlet, something like that. So still figuring it all out. But essentially, what it is is I'm starting off with making like a fresh like limeade. I don't like the word limeade. Sounds like some charity concert or something. So, but the lime works a lot better than lemon in this. So that's just kind of how it's going to go. And then. um, so, what I did is, so it's, it's to make the fresh limeade, you start off with one ounce lime juice, one ounce simple syrup, and then about six parts water, kind of how weak or strong you want it, depending on how much lime you like. And then I added in three quarters ounce of um, absolute citron, and then three quarters ounce of absolute lime. And so I purposely used those two because actually two have both, they're two flavored vodkas, but have very distinct flavors. So I like how the two go together. And That's then, cool. yeah, then I added in this, um, what's called a pastis. So it's a anise flavored liquor. Um, it kind of came out of the tradition of absinthe. After absinthe got banned, it's a little bit weaker version of it. So mm-hmm. used one called Pernod, which is kind of essentially the original pastis. And Very cool. um, yeah, it adds. You know, I'm not a huge anise fan, but how it plays with the sugar and the citrus, I really like how it how it blends in. And then eventually, I'm going to try to do this with a rhubarb syrup. So I just threw a little rhubarb garnish in here to, as a stir stick to start it off and rhubarb. Barb and Limeade. Uh, yeah. It doesn't quite work that way. Yes. Miss Prince.
0: Uh, for those of you out in Radio Land, you can hear uh, some of my beautiful guests in the living room. It's Baby Lennon and Heather. Hi, Heather. Yay! Yay! <laughs> They're in town visiting, and I'm really excited to have them. Uh, so let's give that baby some liquor. <laughs> Just kidding.
2: We are proud baby liquors.
3: <laughs> I have nothing. What?
2: Liqu- <laughs> liquors? Oh, that's not a terrible shit. What am I doing? <laughs> this is out of here. Sorry. Oh,
0: my God. We're going to get sued. Okay. So <laughs> this drink is delicious. It's let's all Hey, let's cheers to episode right. two. Thanks, team.
2: Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I
0: was
2: going to say, I also don't like Ennis at all, but this is really, really tasty. Yeah. It doesn't like... Kill me with that anise flavor mm. at all.
3: Just the right yes. amount of anise. Yes. yes. Well mm. it's, it's gotta, I always got to balance it in. It's a surprise, <laughs> but it's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> terrible. No, I do like this.
3: I like the rhubarb in it, too. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's why well, I think this will be kind of a fun drink to start with now because it's kind of an a little idea I had last weekend and started playing with it and just going to kind of keep going with it. So, as I said, it'll probably come up again. I have a few different ideas for tying in some different syrups and some things like that. So, this will definitely be coming back, and hopefully by the end of summer, we'll figure out a name for it. <laughs> but I know I'll be drinking quite a few of these this summer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, once you have a a solid recipe down, we'll throw it up on the website. P.S. I will be making a recap for episode one to put on the website, and then I'll make a recap for episode two to put on the website so that all of you out there don't have to be writing furiously trying to find some of the information we're talking about. I need a little drink break. Excuse me. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Randy, why don't you hit us with uh, a question from the internet?
2: I can do that for you. Hold on one second. Kimmer asks, last couple of years, I found a couple caterpillars for blue and black swallowtail butterflies in my parsley. This is really exciting, and I'm willing to grow enough parsley for me and the butterflies. What can I do to really encourage them to come into my yard and make butterfly babies? Bow chicken bow
1: I'll jump on that one. That is a great question, Kimmer.
0: <laughs> let me, let me that's respond. That's a great question.
1: Uh, so let's start off by saying in order to attract butterflies, you need flowers. Because that's what the butterflies are after. That's right. They're looking for flowers. They're looking for nectar to drink. Usually you get that from a flower if you're a butterfly. Uh, Also, keep in mind that butterflies are most active mid to late summer. So if you're selecting flowers to attract butterflies, pick ones that bloom mid to late summer or that bloom all year long. Okay. Um, It's also good to group similar colors together. If you have like a big pocket of like red flowers, then that's going to attract the butterflies more than if you have them kind of like dispersed.
0: Like red specifically or do you Uh, you mean like all white or all yellow?
1: Yeah, any color, you know, is going to.
0: Cause, Cause, you know, it's really all right. Sidebar for me. Yeah, okay. Are we going to
1: go into visible spectrums of, of bugs?
0: No, you got way more scientific oh, okay. than me. You got way more scientific than me. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is. When you're out in the wild and you see wildflowers going, it's really common to see a ton of white flowers blooming all at the same time or a ton of yellow flowers blooming all at the same time. Like there'll be three or four different kinds of flowers, but there'll be a bunch of the same color. They all kind of bloom at the same time. And I wonder if that's for sharing pollinators and attracting them it probably is I'm sure we can find information like that on the internet but
1: yeah I think you're right there
0: <laughs> hey remember that one time I saw every
3: flower was white oh my gosh pretty sure they wanted to bring in some butterflies oh, ever okay. so, so
1: let's let's talk about what what you're gonna plant what what flowers are you gonna plant
0: okay what flowers are we we gonna plant uh, so Kim talks specifically about blue and black swallowtail butterflies and parsley and I'm gonna say Kimmer you need to plant a crap load of parsley. You just Heck need yeah. ton. and I believe that for that specific butterfly family you just need anything from the carrot family. Um, so you could also do Mm -hmm. queen Anne's lace, you could do dill, you could do wild parsnip, cow parsnip, that kind of stuff. And you'd be, it would be great. And that's just food for their babies though. Um, but I'm going to hand this back to you, Dan. You had yeah. something you were going to talk about.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind that the adults are looking for a particular flower to get their nectar from. But they're looking to lay eggs on probably a different host species. <laughs> probably. Sometimes it's the same. but.
0: So the food for the babies is different mm-hmm. than the food for the grown-ups.
1: Yeah. And the, the babies are going to consume those plants. So especially for those species, was it the black swallowtail? Yeah. Pretty sure that they can wholly just like eat up like a a parsley plant. So keep that in mind. You know, uh, if you're going to grow a little bit of parsley to entice the black swallowtails, they might totally devour that plant when they hatch. Um, And that's okay if you want the butterflies to to be there, you know.
0: I feel like it's worth
1: it. It's probably worth it.
0: But grow some for you. Grow some for the butterflies. Mm -hmm. Grow some because the squirrels are going to dig it up. So you need three times more than you think. (laughs) 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 Or at least twice as much as you think.
1: So some other things to note about butterfly gardening. Um... Butterflies like to bask. Bask. And they like to puddle
0: like a lizard.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. They like to drink. The males like to drink water. That's how they get like uh, nutrients and salts. Things like that. Yeah. So.
2: Lay out a big bottle of Crown Royale out there. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I was going
0: to say, where are you going with this, Dan? The males like to drink all day and the women lay eggs, and that's all they They're, they're, they're do. just
2: basking, right? All the females, <laughs> yeah. right? Is that yeah, what they're yeah, saying? Basking.
0: <laughs> basking and bitching. They're just like, God, can you know? They're like, God, ah, here's just all over that salty water puddle over there. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, so uh, a good place to bask is going to be like a large flat rock Mm -hmm. that maybe you point it kind of south or wherever the sun comes from so that butterflies can absorb that heat into their bodies just like lizards do (laughs) or water. I was thinking that this is another reason to have a bird bath, mm. but there you could take a, a small, shallow pan, put some rocks into it, and then fill it with water on top of it, so then the butterflies can stand on the rocks without getting their wings wet, and yep. they can drink whatever.
2: Yeah, that's very thoughtful.
0: Very thoughtful.
2: <laughs> be, be Minnesota nice to your butterflies.
0: So you've got... You need... For you need food for your babies, mm-hmm. food for your adults, mm-hmm. water, perches for sunning,
1: some basking,
0: for for basking, <laughs> and uh, what are some other? What are some other pro tips for this?
1: Yeah, we should also mention that you need to really think about your use of pesticides and how you're managing um, other problems in your garden. So if you're using pesticide to keep the bugs off of your other plants... That will likely harm these caterpillars, too, or the butterflies themselves. So keep that to a minimum if you're trying to have butterflies around.
0: I feel like we can't have a butterfly conversation without talking about monarchs because mm-hmm. they're such a easily recognizable, famous insect. They're the biggest Migrating insect yep. in North America. <laughs> and, um, of course everybody knows about milkweed and there's like five mm-hmm. different kinds of milkweed or any yep. Asclepia family plant, like butterfly weed, yep. swamp milkweed, uh, P.S. I prefer swamp milkweed because it's a really pretty looking plant. It's very tall though. Yeah. So if you've got some ground to grow some stuff in, consider some swamp milkweed. I really, <laughs> I dig it. Uh, it gets these huge, it attracts all kinds of pollinators, though. So my husband mows all the way around it because it gets these big, black, thin wasps all over them. Yeah. Well, they never, they've never, they never stung anybody. They're just like drinking nectar. And my husband's like, steer clear. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I just like mow right past him and it's not a big deal, but it's Okay it's okay we're all scared Um, but yeah so Monarch Adults and babies both like the milkweed plant. Monarchs will eat milkweed and absorb some of the toxins from the plant into their bodies so that when birds eat the adult monarchs they taste terrible and give them an upset stomach and they learn not to eat monarchs. So uh, there are some other species (laughs) I can hear you (laughs) chewing rhubarb. That's Dan loving that rhubarb. (laughs) It's a
1: great garnish. (laughs) Great ambient
2: voice. (laughs) That's how you know it's good
0: (laughs) That's how good it is Um, But yeah Monarch butterflies are awesome and maybe in some Future episodes if people are interested I'll talk about my experiences raising some Monarch butterflies and we can maybe Bring in a butterfly expert or something like that That'd be pretty sweet But as far as the black and blue Ones go think about planting a bunch of dill and a bunch of parsley and having a lot of flowers that produce nectar.
1: Let me rattle some off. Do it. You got time for that?
0: Yeah. give me, Shoot.
1: All right. So if you are, so I've got two lists here. So if you are, if you've got like a good cottage garden or if you've got a garden that's well manicured you know, and you've got borders and stuff and you like it to look. I don't
0: have a cottage garden. I just have cottage cheese.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so here are some plants that would look better in a more manicured garden. We've got marigolds, impatience, phlox, verbena. Those are all annuals. Uh, Perennials. You could have asters, bee balm, uh, also known as monarda, yarrow, sedum, butterfly weed, and purple coneflower there's others, you know, there's tons of others, but those are, those were, those would go well in that kind of, you know, nice, nice looking garden.
0: My comments on your annuals, mm. those are all so cheap. Everybody can add those annuals yep. into their landscape in some way. A lot of them do great in pots, stick them. I stick marigolds all over my garden just to draw in pollinators to pollinate all of my food crops, as well as make my garden look stinking cute. <laughs> Because <laughs> I like it that way, um, <laughs> and your a lot of your plants that are on your perennials list yeah. are also really water-wise plants. A lot of them yeah. are used in yeah. rain gardens or in xeriscape-style low water, low maintenance yeah. situation. So,
1: and you know, especially if you're looking for that low maintenance kind of situation, if you have like a a patch of your lawn or something that you're kind of going letting go wild or doing sort of a prairie look for wildflowers. I've got some other suggestions.
0: Oh, list 3, go on.
1: So we've got Black-eyed Susan, Rebecca, Blazing Star, also known as Liatris, Bone set Coriopsis, any of the milkweeds. There's swamp milkweed, showy milkweed, common milkweed. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Those are all good. Goldenrods, Joe Pie weed, and also nettles and thistles. Those are all gonna be. There's others too, obviously. Those are all gonna be some solid, wild, sort of wild-looking choices for butterflies.
3: Awesome.
0: I dig it. Um Oh, I was also going to say uh, an uncommon or right, not uncommon, but a not often talked about plant that is really good for adult butterflies is clover flowers. There's tons of nectar and clover, hence why there's a bunch of clover honey out there for bees. So for pollinators in general, if you've got clover growing in your yard, let it roll. Um And also, there are many species of trees that are host plants to caterpillars. Yep. Um, I was listening to a podcast... Just recently, uh, You Bet Your Garden with Mike McGrath. It's like, (laughs) it's kind of like car talk, except it's just one guy with no brothers, (laughs) but he tells all of the bad jokes. It's great. Um, But he had had some folks on talking about pollinators and oak trees and how they're a really good host plant to a bunch of different.
1: You know, I've also heard, um, I was reading that elm and cherry Mm -hmm. and birch those are all good as well and poplars like quaking aspen that kind of thing
0: i feel like i could be kind of wrong here i know that they were talking about oak trees being awesome for birds and birds would want to live near things that are eating Hmm. now oak trees there's a few species that do that maybe i'm gonna have to do a little research and be really educated about my answer with this on the internet so (laughs) forgive me internet Uh, But do listen to Mike McGrath because that's a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, Hey, hey Dan, guess what I did today?
1: What did you do today?
0: I went to the Arboretum. And I have to say really quickly that the Arboretum has this amazing kaleidoscope art display right now. So there's like... A dozen or 15, something like that, um, kaleidoscopes that have these big annual bowls and then the kaleidoscope to look down at them. So you can spin the bowl of flowers and you can spin the kaleidoscope eyepiece. It's amazing. Sounds oh, my cool. God. It was so cool. <laughs> I was geeking out. and I was like, I'm trying to hold my phone and make these great videos. And Jesse was like, really? You need to make 15 videos, one on every kaleidoscope? I'm like, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> It was really cool. I think that display is going to be up all summer, but it was awesome. And I want one for my own yard, if possible. I have to figure that out.
2: And you can see those photos on the Vernon North Facebook page if you wanted to.
0: (laughs) That's true. Thank you, Randy, for reminding me about the real world. (laughs) But it was really cool. It was awesome for kids as well as me. I'm a grown up. I liked it. (laughs) Um, Anyways, hey, Randy, can we get another question?
2: Sure thing, Caroline. Jesse asks, is it hard to grow veggies on a patio? I'm new to this. I need help. He spelled help terribly. Whoever this is, he's an elementary school person, I believe.
0: (laughs) Hey, don't shame our friends on the Internet.
2: I'm sorry. You need spelling help.
0: I believe it's pronounced help. Please help.
2: Then maybe it's my fault. I'm sorry.
0: The fifth element just turned 20. So (laughs) how plays. Um, But you know what, Jesse? That's an excellent question. That is an
1: excellent (laughs) question.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think that there's a lot of information in buying little plants at greenhouses. And you can read the descriptions of each of the plants and they will tell you if it is a good variety for growing in a container Mm -hmm. or not.
1: Yeah, they typically, they'll typically tell you.
0: So uh, there's some varieties of tomatoes that are determinate and some that are indeterminate, and the difference is indeterminate makes fruit all summer, determinate har- uh, ripens all of its fruits all at once. So if you want to be picking tomatoes all summer and you want it in a in a container, then look for those two points. In the description. Yep. There's also varieties of cucumber and peppers that are listed as really good for containers.
1: Yeah. And you, you know, for the most part, I would say most tomatoes and peppers you can grow in a container. Like you said, the indeterminate tomatoes, I think they will commonly get bigger than the determinate tomatoes. So just something to think about if you're thinking about your patio space.
0: I will think about that, Dan. Yeah? <laughs> okay. I will think hard about that.
1: I mean, for, I would say for the most part, you're, the vegetables that you can grow on your patio in buckets or in containers, you can grow pretty much any vegetable. Just keep in mind things like, you know, if it's a root vegetable like a carrot, give it plenty of space. You know, they need depth. So that they can develop. Or if you're trying to grow turnips or, or rutabagas or something, they need a lot of space. Just like potatoes. Potatoes also need a lot of space.
0: Dan, who is growing turnips and rutabagas oh, on their man. patio? Who should Seriously, be? Dan, Everyone. who is growing turnips and rutabagas <laughs> on their patio?
1: I'm about to be. I'll tell you what.
0: <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that really useful you know, universal advice you on know, I don't know. rutabagas I don't know. on your who's, who's Looking
2: down their nose at a rutabaga.
0: I'm not looking down my nose. I'm just saying, like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you listen to the show before, you know we love rutabagas. We love rutabagas. <laughs> is the best vegetable you can
1: grow.
0: No, I think <laughs> I think <laughs> you know, if you're if you're on a patio or or a balcony, you have limited space. So pick your like three favorite vegetables and look for varieties that are really good in containers or consider like there's some really cool mixed herb that you can yeah. put together that would yeah. be not only ornamental and look cool on your patio, but you can steal little bits of stuff for your drinks or for your cooking.
2: Yeah, I feel like you mentioned that before where it's like really a good confidence builder. If you want to start somewhere, start with your seasonings and your herbs yeah, because absolutely. they're nice to grow, they're easy to grow and yep. they keep don't take up as much space as everything else, right?
0: Totally. totally. Bingo. A bingo.
2: I learned some things with the show too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god, somebody's listening. It's my sound guys. <laughs> I, I have to. I have to. I'm so sorry, man. I'm, like, oh, I'm, <laughs>
2: I'm not getting paid.
0: <laughs> we just get liquored up. Uh <laughs> think that it's cool to also have flowers and stuff on your patio to give pollinators something to do. Mm. People have bees and stuff like that on rooftops. And I mean, you're going to get more fruit no matter what you're growing if there's some pollinator action going on.
1: You know, I also want to uh, mention watering. So, I would recommend, you know, if you're going to grow some stuff on your patio, get your watering system down first. You know, if you need a well, one, let me back up a second. It takes a lot more time than you think to water a bunch of pots than to water like a garden plot. Because if you have a garden plot, you probably have a hose and you can just kind of spray the whole plot. <sighs>
0: Is that uh, how a hose works, Dan? Is that, is is that how a hose works, Dan? How,
1: that's how my hose works. Your hose <laughs> may be different. But so if you have pots, you have to water each one individually. It just takes a lot longer, oftentimes longer than you think. Uh, so kind of I would say get your watering scheme down first. If, you know, go out and buy your watering can, get a big bucket, or if you're going to get a rain barrel, get your rain barrel first. Um that's do you that, have a
0: rain barrel on your patio
1: uh, I used to
0: I was about yeah. okay I'm'm I'm moderately impressed with having a rain barrel on your patio that's you're thinking pretty deep
1: I have a really big patio
0: <laughs> big old back porch. <laughs>
1: Uh, Another thing. So a couple of things about watering. So as long as we're talking about watering, uh, this sounds really stupid to say, but when you're going to water all your plants, your patio is going to get wet. So if you have like a porch or if you're on like maybe the fifth floor or something in an apartment building, you're going to have a bunch of like dirty runoff water that's just like flooding off of your porch. So... You know, maybe that's a problem. Maybe it's not. But be
0: considerate of your neighbors. Below yeah, you.
1: Think about it. Think about it. Sweaty city, city dwellers out there. Yep.
0: I feel like my friend Marnie had that problem in Spain. She had this like balcony with these cute little geraniums and like whoever was above her was like washing clothes above her and getting <laughs> soapy water just dumped down into her oh, plants. No. <laughs> Marnie, write to us and let me know if I'm right. Was I right? Did I remember that correctly? It's been a couple years.
1: <laughs> oh man
0: oh, Your weird dirty waters getting into the plants <laughs> yeah.
1: You know the, the, okay, so that's a, There's one more Water item okay. I want to mention And we talked about this last time But you can't grow plants In containers that don't have holes in the bottom When you water the plants you, you want to water them enough that you get all of the soil in the entire pot wet, thoroughly wet. Otherwise, you you know, if you're just pouring on enough to get the top a couple inches wet, well, then the roots at the bottom of the pot aren't getting any water. So you have to keep watering until it's coming out the bottom. And if you don't have holes in the bottom of your containers, that's a problem. It's also a problem if it rains a lot, then your plants are getting waterlogged, you'll start getting rot. So it's very important, very important to have holes the bottom of your container
0: make your patio gardening experience better Mm -hmm. get some holes in your damn buckets it's important (laughs) it's more important than you think it'll make your life easy it is say yes to holes
2: keep them plants alive
0: (laughs) as much as you can it's okay to kill plants though
2: that's another fact
0: it's, it's true. It's okay. But it'll be easier if you have proper drainage because then your mm-hmm. roots can also get the oxygen they need and yep. they won't just drown and suffocate. So. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, also when you're thinking about water needs, uh, if you have a clay pot or a big clay like container. Like, for terra, like terracotta. Terracotta.
0: Terracotta banana, terracotta banana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those dry out. You know, they dry out a lot faster because that clay is porous. So if you've got a plastic pot and a clay pot right next to each other, clay pot's going to get, you know, it's going to dry out much faster. So it's just something to be aware of. You know, you need, to, you need to think about your plants and how much water they need. You can get a water meter. If, you know.
0: Like a little gadget?
1: A little gadget. They're usually like 10 bucks or less, maybe 8
0: Will it text me when I need to water my plant?
1: No, but you can stick it in the pot and it will tell you how... Dry or how wet the soil is. Otherwise, you got to dig your finger in there and, and kind of figure it out. Are there bad ones or good ones? There are definitely bad ones and good ones. I don't know which is which. So good luck. luck.
0: You're going to have to read the Amazon reviews for that one. Yep. Look for the one with the most grammatically correct reviews.
2: <laughs> don't just look at the stars. <laughs>
1: But, you know, it's, it's definitely something that you need to think about because a container, you know, if you're growing a plant in the ground, it's got access to all the all the moisture, all the water that's in that's in the that's in the ground. And it doesn't dry out nearly as fast as a pot or a container will. So you got to keep keep that in your mind.
0: No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I tried to do tomatoes once in five gallon buckets and I had like 15 buckets in my driveway and I thought I was so smart (laughs) and what happened was I had watering problems so my tomatoes all got what's called blossom end rot which is where the butts get all brown and it's a result of a calcium deficiency but mine was actually a watering problem because when your plants get way too dried out or way too wet and nutrients wash out your plant can't uptake the calcium that it needs to make healthy fruits so they all rotted and then the squirrels bit the other half and I was I was real ticked off that fall I was real ticked off uh, so i am switched to growing in straw bales but I'm lucky enough to have a backyard not everybody has a backyard so I think that if I ever do tomatoes in containers again, I'm going to look for varieties that are specifically good for container gardening. Yeah. And um, I got this little sad gig. Uh, I work at a greenhouse now and I saw that we had some big planters kind of already made that had tomatoes in them. There were some that had cucumbers already in them. So Mm -hmm. there are things where you can just go and buy something ready made for you. You don't even have to get that dirty. You just have to bring it home and pay attention to watering. Like that's like one step. Well, okay. Maybe two steps, give them money, watch for watering, <laughs> but that's really, really easy. And I want to encourage everybody to give growing something a shot because yeah. everything that you can eat that you've just picked and is ripe tastes so much better than stuff that you're gonna find at grocery stores mm-hmm. or For Walmart sure. Sure. or Super Target or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like fresh off the vine, cucumbers, freshly picked greens and lettuces and herbs. They taste super rad. So that's my that's my PSA. Is <laughs> <laughs> Please grow something. Please do <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, that's. I feel like that's about all we have time for this week, Randy.
2: We we are at the low end point, so I can uh, say goodbye to everyone. Is that what you want from
0: me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap, right. it, wrap it up, Randy. Take it check away. it out.
2: Sorry. All right. <laughs> Hi there. Thanks for listening to Verdant North. Find our blog post online at verdantnorth.net. Find us on Twitter at Verdant North. And you can find us on Facebook by searching Verdant North. Uh, by searching Verdant North. If you want to contact us but hate social media, you can email us at verdantnorthteam at gmail.com. That is verdantnorthteam at gmail.com. You can hear this podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Please don't forget to like rate comment and share the podcast the more likes ratings or comments we receive the more visible this podcast becomes so we need you please you can find carolyn hallstrom here on twitter at miss zero line or Miss Oline, if there's a way to read it out loud but it's Miss-
0: Line. it's Miss Oline Miss O.
2: Miss zero line you're killing me you're killing me you can find Dan Hudson hanging out in a basement with lots of dirt uh-huh. you can find Nikki Lyons on Instagram at November blue 83 that's November BLU 83 and you can find me Randy on Twitter at Marlin underscore Rando you can also hear me on this scattered podcast, also available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. It is not as education as this one, so good luck with you. Um, (laughs) A big special thanks to Breed, Edestead, and Daivu for graphics and artwork for our website. An extra big thanks to our webmaster, Corey Hartung, who who you were earlier in this episode, who making sure we exist on the web. And as always, a thanks to Minneapolis band Volcanus for allowing us to use their music. Uh, Follow the Hilarious Video Blog Project on YouTube and listen to them. And their arch-rival band Prozac Rat on Bandcamp YouTube find them on facebook thanks for listening and always remember
0: it's okay to kill plants